live. Hello everyone, good evening and welcome to um, our Google Hangout. This, tonight we'll be hosting Evie, uh, who is a prolific designer and she is going to be talking to us about how to maximize our job applications so that we can land our dream jobs. So, Evie? Thank you very much, Leslie. Hi, everybody. My name is Evie. Like I said. Um, before we go into the session, I want to give us a couple of disclaimers. I am not a recruiter. Um, I am Auber, a researcher and designer who has also been through uh, the entire job process. And so the insights that I'm sharing is from um, questions asked, answers gotten, my experience, experience of others, you know, everything. Um, all together. So before I get started, yeah, I want to get an um, insight into the people I'm talking about. So I know how to structure what content or information I'm sharing. So um, my guess is I'm mostly speaking to already seasoned designers. So you you have a couple years of experience working in an actual company um, on products and you know now you're trying to move beyond the naira to naira rates to naira to dollar rates um if that be you please use the um raise hand thing to just signify so i know you know that i'm my assumptions are, are right and if not <laughs> if my assumptions are right like elsie let me know <laughs> so i can include information that would be useful to you as well <laughs> Okay, there's two people out of 16 people. So everybody else, why are we here? Nope, nobody's going to, no one else is going to help me figure out, you know, what we're doing here or how I'm sharing this information. It kind of looks like everyone is is, is quiet. It's just like, <laughs> but I think it's it's safe to it's safe to actually assume that the general breakdown of um, everyone here is is usually between that split. Um, those who are new, who are just kickstarting okay. their career and just trying to get their grounds, or uh, those who are already seasoned, you know, or at least have some years of experience under their belt. They're working. They're either working in companies working on products or freelancing or have their own agencies that they're managing so i think it's fair it's a fair uh, that would be a fair description of the splits okay okay all right so try and, and do and try and touch on uh things that work for across the audience then all right so my favorite part to start with um this evening is discussing on has anybody here at a um, heard of ATS systems? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Can you? Can anybody tell me <laughs> what they what they think um, ATS systems do? Or like when you heard about ATS systems, like what what came to mind, or what what have you heard about them? Okay, else Elsie, do you want to tell us? Oh, yeah, reason you that you heard about it. I don't know. I'm shy. 
<laughs> you've taken the first step you have unmuted and you've spoken continue okay um hcs from what i've heard is like a system that screens um cvs when applicants send in the application i think um linkedin has one for jobs that are uploaded and they use certain keywords to search for the candidates they would like to interview okay um those have heard of ats is that a general idea as well that you do you know about it because this is this should be an interactive session okay so that we can get the best of it so that when we're asking questions i can also not keep quiet and answer questions okay so the other people that have heard of ats is it the same knowledge that you have uh that it's uh, sounds to go ahead yeah go ahead Jay. Good evening. yeah so ETS applicant tracking, I think system or software or something. Yeah, like she said, it's used to screen multiple applications, uh, and it's mostly used when you have a number of entries that might just not be best done manually. So it just narrows down uh, the entries to the ones that matches the job description as as much as possible before the HR person gets to manually look at uh the individual applications hmm. that's what i'm okay. about to okay all right all right let's let's get into it um so yes for those who haven't heard about it yes the application tracking system is actually um it's think of it as a as the management tool for recruiters right so um like um, Sanity said, you know, if you have a number of applications, you need to be able to track the number of people that applied for the role. You need to be able to view their profiles and then send their CVs on to the next stage. Say, okay, this person, we're going to review this person's application and invite them for an interview. And then, so it helps recruiters manage that entire tracking um, process. That is the most basic and the most popular reason why people have an ATS, right? And so, because now there's a lot more applications, it is now being empowered to do more things. Um, keyword search and job and profile matchings are some of the things that ATS systems do. Now, not all of them have this, and some of them have just one of it, maybe the keyword thing or the, um, the AI thing. Uh, I think Spot Recruiter has the AI thing, but then it also depends on the plan that the company using it to subscribe to. So whether or not they are subscribed to the plan that offers it, it's another thing that we don't know or know. But yes, the most popular one that every every ATS system has is the keyword. Um, and how that exactly works. So it is not an automatic process of say, as soon as you're applying, they're flagging your profile down. Um, it is you sending your application into the system, and the recruiter can set keywords. So half the time, the recruiter is non-technical. And so if you're a designer, you know that, you know, design systems or UI library or those things kind of mean the same thing, um, depending on context and how you word it, but your non-technical recruiters don't know that, right? So if you, if the job description is saying you should have an experience with design system and uh, you don't have design system anywhere in your CV and the recruiter, uh, the hiring manager tells the recruiter, look for people that have experiences in design system. 
that means that your profile is not going to show up exactly um, because they will search for keyword they will search for the keyword design system and you don't have it anywhere in your pro, in your pro, in your cv so your application is not going to be considered um, unless they are like maybe in number of keywords so maybe design system ux research using a specific method or you have experience um, across the entire design life circle. Um, so unless you have some of those, then it might still be ranked amongst the design because you know you lack one, but then you have two others or you have one out of three. So it might still be ranked. Just to give you a general overview of how that exactly works. Um, so which brings us to the point where we tell people to tailor your job, your CV to the job description that you're reading. So in the past, it used to be like before, and by any part, I mean the pre-layoff season, it used to be maybe you send out 100 CVs and you get one or two interviews. You know, you are shooting your shots everywhere and, and trying your best. But I mean, I'm, I'm trying to say now that that strategy might not work because the competition is high. And even if you do have these keywords, there are literally hundreds more people who have the same keywords. And then the entire process is, I am reviewing this to say, oh, this person looks strong, moving to this stage, this person looks strong, moving to this stage. And by the time I get like 15 people, that's that's already enough for me to interview. So even if you have um, the keywords, if they don't get through to your profile, or if you're not as strong as the other candidates, so the keywords gets your CV opened. Um, in some situations. And then, you know, compared to every other person that they reviewed, the the person's experience or the way they word the accomplishments is a much stronger, um, they're a much stronger field. So maybe they've been in the industry before and so they have more um, knowledge in that field. So I'm just trying to say like, it's not just the keywords, it's not just the tailoring. You also need to understand that there might be people who have more relevant experience in the field than you do so generally if um you're applying for jobs you cannot take rejection this period seriously personally or feel bad about it or that. i mean you can't take a few moments to be like you know you put in the work or you shut your shut up plenty companies and then nobody's giving you um apple feedback so um and then another thing is that your CV matters a lot more than your portfolio at the early stage because it is from reviewing your CV and saying, oh, this person is interesting, that they go into say, let's check your portfolio to see the works that you've done, right? Um, which brings me to this point. Now, this is a given, right? We all know what CVs are for, but I feel like we get lost in the process of creating our CVs and we forget the entire goal. The number one and probably the only goal of your CV is to get you an interview, right? It is not for you to pack up all of the experiences that you have done over the past 10, 25 million years. It is to get you an interview. And what that means is if you are going to talk to somebody, right, and you want them to hire you, the only thing you should be telling that person is relevant information that will make them think, mm, yeah, we definitely need to hire you. So if you're talking to 
have a, I'm trying to find an, an industry, mm, let's see. If you're talking to a fashion designer, right? Um, what matters most, if you're talking to a fashion designer um, in the women industry, what matters in addition to your entire fashion history is the work you've done on women related wears. It's not even that, it's not only that you are in the fashion space, right? It is not so much what you've done for kids. It's not so much what you've done for men. What we get their attention is, this is the stuff that I've done in the women space. That's what gets you hooked. So tailoring your CV goes beyond, oh, I'm a fashion designer, you're a fashion designer too, right? Is I'm a fashion designer that deals with women and you're presenting yourself as somebody who has experience in the field of clothing and women-related products. So when you're selling yourself to this person, they can relate to some of your experiences. They can see that you obviously have um, knowledge of their industry. And it's easier for them to say, okay, let's have further conversations, right? So just imagine this, like, if you came with this, if you, oh, are you serious? Um, is anyone else hearing me clearly? Someone just said, can't really hear me. Uh, I can hear you clearly. Okay. I'm sorry, is Nicholas. Any, it's, is anyone struggling with, uh, if, if, you, if you're struggling to hear, please just like type in the, uh, in the chat. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah. So imagine there's like two people interviewing for a role or applying for a job and then there's only one position, right? There's usually just one position. Um, and you come with a background in fashion design, but you have women-related clothing experience. And somebody comes with a background in fashion design, you know, general background. You've gone to plenty of things, but that women industry, you don't have it or you don't have as much. Now, depending on the need of the employer, if they are really specific to say that, I want somebody that has an experience in this field, then we now know that it is the person that has that experience in that field that will most likely move on to the next stage. Unless the person flops the interview for some reason, right? Then they can call back and consider you. So essentially, it's not so much that, you know, you're a product designer. Um, sometimes a product designer with a FinTech, in the, um, fintech background applying for a fintech, fintech company has more um, experience, so it's more of a fit than a product designer in the healthcare industry, unless you worked on maybe like a checkout tool or something. So when you're when you're tailoring your CV, you have to take you have to note, okay, what is this company into? What is their space? What is their industry? What are they doing here? And then read the job description. Half the times company tell you exactly what they're looking for in the job description. No, actually they do, but then that's not the whole picture. Right. They tell you the basic thing, but that's that's not really the whole picture because there are other things that they consider in the background. But from the job description, you can get a sense of whether or not you're you're fit for this position, especially this period where there is a lot of layoffs and there's a lot of people. I mean, the VP, a VP, not the a VP of design at Google was laid off. <laughs> and senior product designers from those industries earlier. And they are coming to LinkedIn every day talking about how, you know, they've been in this job search for a while and they're just getting automatic rejections. Apparently, um, big names on your CV alone does not cut it, right? Again, because there is a ton of people applying and we need to find a way to screen out candidates 
and look for people with relevant experiences to what we're looking for, um, it may or may not go through. But to increase your chances, you should note the company, you should note the industry that they are in, you should read the job description. Um, and if you have relevant, please don't lie. I, I have to say this, like, please don't lie, okay? That's the thing, the keyword in there. There are people, there are tools that you can use to read a um, job description and highlight keywords and then um, tailor your CV to the job description based on that keyword, right? Um, and then there's a thing called keyword stuffing where you put all the keyword there and then somebody gets to view your CV. But then again, at that point, right, we're looking to see how do you measure up against, all, against our needs? Because now a human being is reading it. So you got past the keywording stage, right? But now a human being is reading it and they can tell if all you did was just try to put plenty keyword everywhere so that they can see it. But then they see, they're seeing it now and there really isn't any substance, right? So that's one bit. The other bit is because you're trying to tailor and you're using keywords, you're lying or doing technicality around your actual work experience. Please don't, right? Actually look for a job um, that aligns with what you've done or what you would like to do. I mean, there are times where you want to switch industries. Uh, the only thing that I can say about that is that it might be harder to switch industries. Um, again, because you're competing with people who already have experience in that industry, but it's not impossible, right? So you may just have to wait a little longer. So please don't lie. Um, read your job descriptions, use those tools to highlight what the keywords are and um, pay attention to them when you are filling out your CV. Because again, that's like the first few things. By the time you get your CV up and going, then we can talk about you know, reviewing your portfolio and what Right, so um, I'm trying to see if there's any other preliminary thing I wanted to cover before we start doing um, questions and answer. Uh, Yeah, I, I would say that's like, that's like the general basics. So please, if you have questions, then it will jog my memory and I can add more information. But essentially, um, I just want to give us an overview of how the ATS systems actually work, um, what you're probably dealing with, like the number of the number of uh, competition that we're dealing with. Oh yeah, so there's this, there's this um, tip I figured out recently on when, when you're applying to jobs in LinkedIn. So, Oh, and in general. So another thing is if you can try to be as specific as possible as to the kind of things that you would like to do. So keep stock of the things that you've done so far. So if you're more of a visual designer, read your job description. There are product design roles that play more to visuals and there are product design roles that play more to UX design, right? Again, those are just some of the intricacies that you need to you need to be aware of. So figure out if you are more of a visual designer, if you have design system experience, then for sure, please put that in there. Um, another important thing though that you need to do, especially if you're not yet ready to apply for jobs or if you're currently working is, please keep note of your accomplishments and keep track of the things that you do day to day. Um, relying on your brain to remind you when you're trying to apply for jobs is, very not effective because you are going to forget. Um, 
So make sure you have a place where you're keeping your accolades. Maybe someone says, oh yeah, this design you did is absolutely amazing. It helped us um, in XYZ area. We saved, it's saving us time. Um, our customers are no longer complaining after we push the updates. You have to keep those things in mind because then sometimes when you're interviewing, people want to be like, oh, tell me about yourself or tell me about a product you're most proud of. It's your accomplishments are reminds you to say, oh yeah, this product was very, I'm proud of this product because it was very successful. And it's something else that they also, that you can also put in your CV to stand out, right? So what are your accomplishments in this role? Um, but again, make sure it is relevant to the company that you're applying for. So if you, yeah, make sure it's relevant to the company that you're applying for um, so that it can it can resonate with the people to say, mm, we want you to do something similar to that or we need, for, we, we need more people um, doing that on our team. That's something that's very, very important for us or important to us. So that's something um, else that we should also think of. So make sure you're writing down your accomplishments somewhere so that you can do that. And then also be very involved in the business. Um, it's not necessarily, uh, I, I don't want to say it's not necessarily our job, but people really want to know um, how your design goes beyond the interface and how you're considering business needs, how you are um, collaborating with product managers and the engineers on your team. So those are some of the things that you should consider when you are also um, writing out your CVs, uh, putting out there. So I'm really focusing more on CVs um, this on today's call anyway, because again, it is when they find a CV that is impressive that we move on to say, let's check out your portfolio. Um, and some of the time, it is the CV that says, all right, let's talk to you first. And then, you know, you can share with us the work that you've done. They might review it the night before, they might review it like a week before, but, okay, I'm coming. I will get to the question um, session. I'm, I'm just rounding off right now. Um, so yes, uh, they might review it a few minutes before they jump on a call with you just to get a sense of who you are and what you've done. But your your CV essentially is what gets you um, the interview, right? Um, yeah, there was one more thing I was going to say, but I immediately forgot. So when I do remember, I'm going to come back to it and I'm going to mention it. But yeah, so if anybody has questions now, you can go ahead and ask questions and I will try my best to answer them. Uh, also, we can do the thing where we're raising hands or we're dropping our questions and comments in the chat box, whichever um, works so that we're doing it properly. But actually, there's a question right now, so I'm just gonna I'm trying to see if I can read that and answer it. What if it's in the case where you worked on a freelance project that isn't like that, but you got some accolades relating to the project? Can it still be put on resume? And what happens when you go to that? Um, so that's why when I when I first started, I asked if you've uh, the 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 kind of people we're happier if it's people that have experience already or people who do not. So ideally, if you're applying for a remote job, you should have worked on a life project. Um, because then at this point, we are being hired as a professional, a seasoned professional. The essence of remote work is you could not find talents in your city and you are now going out of your city to look for amazing people that are working on amazing projects, right? If you've worked on already um, launched products, then 
it's fine if you want to talk about a freelance project that has not has not launched yet. At least you have experience working on a real world project. And ideally, I would say to present that instead of a project that is still being built or has not been shipped into the market um, yet. But so I'm not sure. Uh, I mean, you can have that experience in your CV for sure. You know that you're working on this project and it's it's not life here. You can you can have that in your CV definitely. But like, if you would want to present a project, ideally you should present a project that is not live. And if they ask you, you can say, well, the project isn't live yet. Uh, this is where we are in the development stage. Um, and this is what we've done so far. And this is what I did. So, I mean, you're doing the design regardless, right? Um, you can talk about the reasoning, your reasonings for coming up with different design decisions, um, for sure. Um, so those are the things that we'll probably want to see, like what's your process like? Um, what were the things you consider? What are the constraints that you have when trying to build this project? So that's stuff that you can do in that scenario. But ideally, I would I would advise to do a life project. Leslie, why are you raising your hand up? Because I have a question. <laughs> <laughs> so here, here is one thing I have, I have observed, you know, being as someone who has interviewed, who has done a lot of interviews and who have uh, on both sides of it, on both sides of the table, I have interviewed as um as someone who's looking for a job and i've also interviewed people who are also looking who are also looking to work at the establishment i'm working on or at my own company so my question is this <clears throat> how does someone structure their cv to increase their chances of being recognized for example and what why i ask is what I have seen from time to time, whenever whenever I'm going through CVs uh, of people who have applied to companies where I work, is typically it's very very empty. <laughs> it's it's very empty or it's poorly broken down. It, it, there is no cohesion. So, how is a good CV structured? Let's start with that. Okay, I mean, but we're not having issues with white space and shadows and this is okay. <laughs> because also, also another thing, another thing I actually would love for you to. Oh, okay. Well, another thing I would actually love for you to actually res, um, respond to is in which format should a typical CV come in? Because I've seen that there's a rise in, in uh, notion-based CVs or people designing their own CVs, making it all flashy and all that. So what is the best format that a CV can should? Okay, so let me, let's, 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 let's let me, let me put my questions together so you, you can have a fair, you know, a fair shake at it. Number one, what is the structure of a good CV? That's number one. Number two, what is the best format in which my CV can be in? That the ATS will look at and say, "Oh, you know, okay, let's 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 process this one." Okay. Um. So I have tried using these ATS systems before, right? And half of the time, um. So when we say so, so here's how here's something else that it does here. Um. It picks keywords from both your description of your day-to-day -day activities and then it's easier if you have a keyword session so like a session where you have skills for sure and so you can read that and then just you know upload all of the skills um that you do i 
I yeah, would have it would have been nice to show you guys what it looks like. Um, but then the it's but then the ATS also shows your CV as is. Right. So it's just like opening your CV on your phone, on your laptop, it shows it as is. So if it's if if it's unable to extract the information, the recruiter can still look at it directly and see your CV the way it is. So good principles of design should apply when you're doing your CV. If you don't be adding 10 colors or or flashy images, again, don't put photos of yourself. It creates bias because if some people don't consider you fine, your 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 application of my dad, do you understand? Because so don't put anything that will cause personal bias. Obviously, don't have your house address. You can have so you can have your states and your country. That's it. State and country because you're applying to other other countries, obviously. Um, but don't have your house address in there, right? Have your phone number, have your LinkedIn. So it should actually start with the header, which is like don't even have don't put information in your header, right? Um, because sometimes you can't find it. Again, this is just for extracting information anyway, so it's easier for the recruiter to see. Um, otherwise, they would have to open up your CV directly to be looking through all of this information, right? So please don't put it in your header, put it like in the normal um, section. You can decide to have a summary or not. Um, if you're going to have a summary, it has to be something that is relevant and is information that you think will help you. So maybe you have launched a product that did very well in the market that's something you can put on your cv or you've led teams that did amazing work or you've worked um in companies you think might be interesting to the, the recruiter so whatever it is you you want to highlight that you think is interesting for the company or somebody in that space so um for example, if I want, I have a version of my CV that I highlights work, work that I did for Audi when I was applying for a, um, a a company in the automobile space, right? And that did wonders because we spent a couple minutes in the interview talking about the work we did there. So if it's if it's if it's something that is relevant that might catch their attention, then you can include it in the summary session. Otherwise, best not to put something there that will shoot you that will come back will come back for you. Again. Um, and then your experience, I don't even know which one is chronological order. Shall start from your recent job all the way down. And so when you're when you're when you're adding your um the descriptions, please you know focus on your last three jobs or last three work experience. If you have 10 years of experience, feel free to leave out some experiences. You know, feel free to leave out some experiences because what really matters is what you did, what you're doing currently and what you did before then. Really, because it, at the recruiter or no my mom is safe, they're not going to cram what you've been doing since they born you. Um, so if you have and then try to so the thing with freelance here is that sometimes you're working on multiple projects at the same time. You don't have to put all of that in your CV. Mm. If you you don't have to put all especially because your timelines are con are are um conflicting. Right, you mm -hmm. don't have to put all of that in your CV. Look for the one that is most relevant to these people, or just pick one. Right. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, you are taking up space in the CV. Right. We don't want to be scrolling through your CV like we're reading an article. Um, <laughs> <laughs> always have a dedicated session for skills because it's the easiest way to figure out whether or not this person has what we're looking for. Always have it, and then. Again, try to match the words forward. If you have, you worked in, you've worked across the product design lifecycle, 
and the company say must have done design from inception to launch please change across the life cycle for to inception to launch right because if the keyword is specific to inception to launch and you don't have that the the unless again the recruiter is technical they are not going to know that the difference between inception to loss and inception to and zero to one is the same so that's what that's what we mean when we're saying like matching the keywords if there are things that stand out um you should do that so make sure your um your description is in bullet proofs bullet points because it's just easy to read and assimilate the information small small right i mean obviously we know how to use hierarchy and drawing attention to what matters most the position you held um the company the timeline actually your timeline should be consistent don't put zero one of zero two of 2022 use october 2022 you don't need the dates go 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 where you started the month and the year is fine so instead of um 10 of 2020 use october 2020 so the people can people can easily get the information that they're looking for right um what else do we say add only certifications or um education that is relevant again um you may have taken five years five thousand courses that's great um but you can highlight the ones that is most relevant for the job that you're so if you are maybe a researcher and they were they're talking about like accessibility being a thing uh for them and you've taken a course of accessibility this is the best time to put it in there so they know that oh okay you've actually done um the work here um we say the general rule of thumb is your cv should be one page but mm, unless you only worked in one place or two places your cv may not be it may be more than one so feel free to use two another trick to this though is you know there is a four paper there's a three paper yeah when it comes to formatting, exactly if you're saying that your, your your gist is plenty and it's entering like five four pages change your format from a4 to a3 actually so you'd have more room to put in stuff to get so again the perception is if it's two page then it's is like oh, okay it's easy for me to get but by the time we are scrolling plenty it's already tiring and somebody has to use um time and energy to actually review um the cv what other structure um question should we do again oh don't use columns right um thing is colon because it messes with i mean again eventually if you have the right keywords and recruiter sees your cv if your cv is messed they're going to see the cv as is right the only reason why i say no use columns is to just improve readability right and to help the ats um extract the keywords better from your cv that's that's like the major reason why we're saying don't use columns right well don't use columns to do um, so you know how columns work, where you read the information on the left and then the information on the right. So if you're trying to pass your CV, it may not pass your experience correctly because, you know, you have half of the experience here and then on the right you have your um, skills and all of those things. So it's just, you know, that's the reason why we're not doing that. Um, there's PDFs versus doc files. I don't know why, why, why is anybody doing resume in notion are they sending the notion link as the resume hey, i honestly don't know <laughs> but, but it seems so it seems based on what i've i've seen so far it, um 
they do the they do the, the resume in notion and probably just export it because i've seen like a couple of people like try to sell um resume um resume templates on, on Notion as well. So would that be a sensible format? Do you want to just like, you know, start and finish in, in like MS Word? Or do you want to like do something more, do, do you want to use like a PDF like that's a little more representative of your persona or something? I mean, but, as long as you're exporting it in a PDF and uploading it, then that should be fine, really. That's, okay. that's really be like a problem and, and you know if you export it and the format makes sense right it's it's legible and people can read it that, that that makes sense you can you can do that i'm just it's just interesting that people i use google docs because it's always easy for me to edit on the go and add stuff on the go and do whatever that's 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 why i use google docs if you're using microsoft word i don't know if you're using microsoft or cloud but then having to download and then re-upload um and so that's the only reason why we use uh, Microsoft Word. So um, yes, I think. Sorry, sorry. Anything else? Anything in your question bits that I do not answer? Uh, okay, I think you've, you've answered both my questions. I think uh, Florian Shaw has a question she wants to ask. After that, I will go to Inka. And wow, okay, so hands are popping up now. All right, so Florian Shaw, you go first. Hi. Hello, can you? Yeah, I can hear you now. Yeah, okay. So uh the question is a bit related to uh the one Leslie asked. Okay. And you know, most of the time she hears some people say that the eight years has a hard time uh reading through the PDF, but that's if you send your resume in PDF format. It's advisable to use that. So I want to know how through that is because I designed mine in Figma and then I exported it as a PDF. So probably it's the reason it gets, you know, rejected sometimes. Mm, I mean, if it's the PDF is PDF, right? Um, again, that's so it, it works. It works differently. Again, so the, the reason why I'm saying that you can do PDF is, I mean, ATS says I've come a long way as technology is increasing. So they are better able to pass your information in pdf but there might be some errors right but that is not necessarily a deal breaker because again recruiters can see your cd as is so if there's an information that is doing one kind when the ats passes they can see your cd and say oh this is what it was trying to say or this is what it was trying to highlight at this part of your um experience so and then PDFs is actually better because then nobody else can tamper with your file, and then recruiters don't have to be worried about mistakenly editing your um, your documents or any of those things. So, yeah, PDF is still a better and standard um, process. Okay, okay, thank you. One more question, please. So, <laughs> when you were talking, you kept on saying that you you have to tailor your um, keywords to match, you know the advert or like the job advert. So does that mean that because, you know, this would be my right, they're adverting different ways and then even for the same uh, keyword, some people might, you know, variations in words. So are you saying that for every job application you have to do, you have to go back, tailor the resume to suit that one uh, job? And then when you want to down, down to that. I've heard um, job application is a full-time job. <laughs> That's exactly what I mean. <laughs> 
is. I know exactly what it means. So that, that that so that's the thing, yeah. It's 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 word and it's computer versus you know technical recruiters that don't know industry terms or cannot understand exactly when you're saying the same thing but you're saying it differently. You know, so yes, you would have to almost all the time, you would almost you'd have to like make those minor changes to the terms and the words that they use or include experiences that is more relevant to a company and remove the one that is not relevant to another company. So ideally you should have a general CV and then from that CV make your different um, variations that you sent to the different companies. Okay. All right. So Inka, um, thank you very much for, for Lauren Shaw. Inka. Hi, hi. Can everybody hear me? Yes, we can. Go ahead. Yeah. So I just want to um, circle in on um, the response uh, Evie gave to your question. Um, you had said that uh, you've been on the board divide and that CV are usually empty. So in my experience, there are four key things um, when doing the CV. Um, and I think every uh, cycle on a lot of it, searchability, which is where the ATS come in. Now, when you're talking about your skills, it's uh, very essential that um, you lay emphasis on your hard and your soft skills. And therein comes the keywords. You need to use some of the keywords. Like every said, most times word for word, when they use client on the JD, use client instead of customer for your CV. Now, the other part that is also very essential is um, the what I call recruiter tips. And um, it's very essential that um, if you are keeping it to two pages, make sure that the wordings are not so much. I try, I mean, in my own example, I try to keep it below 1000 because the attention span of a recruiter or hiring manager is probably less than one minute. And he doesn't want to go through a whole lot of things to read. It's exactly fantastically smaller, actually. You won't believe yeah. it. <laughs> I mean, I was just being uh, magnanimous. <laughs> <laughs> and more importantly, more importantly also, especially in this space, measurable results. So use numbers, percentage, end goals. I think for business, um, what um, is interesting, what they really want to know is how does your design add value to the business. If you can get some numbers. So when we created this app, in terms of business, it ended up adding 30% to the end goal, something like that. I mean, we are very good with English, but measurable results has to be captured within this, the resume itself. And this kind of uh, shooting up among the thousand CV that somebody's probably um, reviewing, if you get what I'm saying. Um, yeah. The last thing I was just going to mention is uh, the formatting tip. I think uh, Evie also mentioned that your front check, your page setup, your layout, all these, they look very minute, but they go a long way in adding gist to your resume and making you stand above every other person. Um, I think that's just what I want to say. Thanks. Thank you very much, Inka. And, you know, to even like buttress what you actually said on, on, um, on capturing and showing metrics on, on your CV. So what, what I did was, when I was when I was applying for jobs, I basically highlighted on some of the metrics I was able to to gather from the products that I worked on. Um, so when I worked on on Monify, I was able to capture uh, the number of use of user signups. For example, that's a very good metric. Number of user signups, number of transactions completed, the drop the difference in bounce rates 
mm. is also very very important because they want to see that whatever it is, whatever solution that you have created has enabled more users to complete their transactions mm -hmm. you know so those and you know that's that's an example i think it falls to you based on whatever space you're, you're playing in to actually be able to capture those metrics and be able to represent them in your cv your the recruiters want to see measurable metrics not just fine visuals fine visuals is a you know is a given anyone can actually throw that but they want to see how what you what you can what you've done for for where you where you've worked for has improved their business and those are the kind of things that make them want to consider you to talk a lot more further um so let's see sanusi you have a question yes i do good evening everyone good so evening. i have two questions i have two questions so the first one <laughs> yes the first, they are very straightforward so the first one is for example you have been in, in you have been in two experiences that have different job titles right but uh, okay for example myself i've been a graphics designer i've been an art director i'm a, i'm applying for a job that needs me to be a graphics designer and the experiences are almost inter that they are very very similar can i change my 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 title at the experience where I had let's say where I was working as an adult, can I change that title to a graphic designer just so that it meets what I'm applying for or is that really something bad? That's the first one. The second one is so uh so for I don't know for most product designers right it might it, it's kind of I feel it's kind of easy to get metrics. But for graphic designers, and sometimes you're not really at the on the table where uh, KPI, KPIs or goals are actually mentioned or measured. Rather, how exactly do you add um, all these percentages or these numbers? How exactly do you how do you come up with them? That's that's my question. Okay. okay. Sorry, there is a. Let me just close the door properly. All right, short answer to question one. Yes, if you have similar responsibilities, but your title is the same, your title is different, feel free to update your title. You are doing the same thing. Um, second question is, so, um, one of the i mean your accomplishments again like you said in product roles um and senior uh, product design roles. so it's not every product designer that can actually see that this is what your i mean checking you know you have to practically ask and get feedback which is something i do um you have to practically ask and say oh this thing that we did and what was the results you know uh, so you have to be conscious about where you are at the moment not where you are at the moment and what happens when you have um, launched a product or implemented a feature or suggested a strategy or or any of those things right sometimes your accomplishment can be measured in numbers sometimes it cannot be measured in numbers right um so things you did around team morale so there was a project i worked at and i had to proactively reach out to other members of the team so they can take part in the research with me and what that meant was that the process was smoother and we had more quality ideas and it was just easier to go on. That is an accomplishment. And I wrote it as exactly that. And that's something that a company that was, inter was interested in because they need, 
you know, they need, it was a way to demonstrate collaboration. So instead of saying I collaborated with, I didn't have to say I collaborated it because I said I proactively reached out to other members of my teammates. And the process of doing that resulted in better ideas and more um, synergy amongst the team. Do you understand? So it's not every yeah. accomplishment you have that can be turned into numbers. If you do, that's great. Um, if you're also in the research phase, sometimes you know that it is not just the um, the insight you receive from research that contributes directly into um, design because you've brought the insights. How it was designed is another problem that we are talking about. Do you get so half the time you have to play around? Okay, what exactly was the impact of the work you did, or how was the process of putting the work together? Right. So it is it is perfectly fine if you're in a position where you can't get direct numbers. It's again, it depends on how you word it. So like I said, your resume is supposed to get you an interview. So what would you say to somebody? Um, who's looking for a graphic designer that cares about this, you know, initiative that you have? Maybe you meet deadlines. Um, you are able to meet deadlines, or you're able to surpass your clients' expectations. Because so something you can say is you do not have plenty back and forth because your, you know, your clients um, were very pleased with your work, or they um, you completed it faster than you know you were supposed to. So there are other things that that work as accomplishment or work as yeah as accomplishment that you can represent it's, it's not everything that can be number and that's fine actually even addressing on what what um she just mentioned pertaining to um what cl your clients actually say about your work i think if if you're unable to find numbers you can use client feedback on the project as a uh representation especially for visual designers uh so if uh, for example, you you're able to complete the project, and the project the uh, designer will use. I mean, the client or the customer is ecstatic, and they they go ahead and say, "Oh, I loved working with this person because he was attentive and he attended to my needs. The, he made the process very simple and easy for me. I will recommend them anytime, wherever." Those kind of feedback you can capture it and then put them in place of regular measurable metrics because you are not just showcasing. You are not, at that point, you are not showcasing um numbers you are showcasing client customer satisfaction with your work and that is just as important okay so thank you very much sanusi thank you very much. nicholas hello hello, hello. Can, can you hear me yes we can go ahead please okay um i think you've clarified with the first question and uh, some of us have uh, just started and most of our products haven't been um, shaped in life, so we don't have um, most of the accomplishments or achievements to boast about in our TV. And um, the other question I want to ask is this. In a case maybe I started um, product design in 2020, and then am I supposed to add my year of start so that the recruiter is going to know that, okay, it, his journey started in 2020 or his experience is from 2020? Or even though I know that, okay, even even though I know that in 2020 I couldn't accomplish much, or the first organization I, I worked that I couldn't do very much, I was supposed to just put it there for the recruiter to just know my year of start. That's the very first question I want to ask. And then um, I think the second question is um, about um, the country that you are from. Sometimes when recruiters see the country where someone is from, they tend to um, discriminate against them. So often, me personally, I don't know. The answer I will be getting after this question. 
but often I'm I'm scared to add where where I'm from to my even though I know my country code and my email and some of this little information is going to um, betray me at the end. But then I just feel like leaving it when he finds out later, it's fine. Than me adding it at the initial stage, maybe it will just make me. You know, Africans sometimes are disqualified at certain places because of um, a lot of reasons. So just remove it from there. So that's the second question. And I think that the third question I listed was uh, Ah, Nicholas, <laughs> give space for people to <laughs> give space for people to. Okay, so just limit it to limit it to two questions. Okay, okay, thanks very much. Okay. So the last, the, the very last question is: Which software do you use to test the CVs to know if the person qualifies? That's the last one. <laughs> <laughs> you just put it inside, Shah. So you just finish. Um, first question. So yes, the first job you have, it should be on your CV. You know, um, the only thing I would say is if you did not do too much. What would you be speaking to an interviewer about that asks you about your work experience and what you've done? That's just something you should keep in mind. But if you've worked at the place for sure, it should be on your CV, right? It's just if somebody's asking you, all right, so you know, tell me about your most challenging projects or your most um yes, a product that you're proud of or something and then they're not probably proud of because you don't really do any product uh, is it really relevant to include it you know or is that because I, I again don't like so let's not be spinning towards we'll find a way to lie about it um <laughs> so <laughs> so just that's just what i would say to consider that so if you were to be speaking to a recruiter who asked you about this what would you say right um your second question is you're trying, you're not putting your location because you don't want them to discriminate against you. Yet it happens because as soon as they find out that, oh, yeah, from a location we are not hiring it, they will not continue the process. So, do you want to go through the stress in the hope that, or you just want them to see and say immediately, now we can't hire from this country? So, I mean, there is, there is the thing with discrimination, and then there's the thing with legally being able to um, hire somebody from a location that they are in right so do not hide useful information from recruiters you will come off as being dishonest eventually if you refuse to put your location and funny or it might be one of the first few things that they ask you oh sorry so where in fact <laughs> it's, it is one of the first few things that you get asked in interview so um i see that you're located in this place or yeah you didn't put your location but from your country code i can tell you're in this place is that correct yes and then some people might be harsh and say, oh, we're not hiring from this place or, you know, and they tell you on the call and interview ends or whatnot. So it's better to save yourself the stress. Um, there are legal reasons why com um, companies can hire from a place. There are budgetary reasons why companies can hire from a place, right? So I would say let's not try to play smart or whatever. Um, if it's something that they can do, if your work, if your CV is great and it speaks for itself, then they may want to overlook your country and say they will hire you. But there are times where your CV is great and I've received that a lot, but they are not hiring from your location because they don't have a legal entity or because they legally cannot do that. So, you know, maybe just, just say it. And put, I was going to say something I was doing that formatting yesterday. Your location is, is important. Please put your location in your CV so you can 
filter against rights. The companies that, um, and another thing again with finding jobs on LinkedIn is sometimes you may be tempted to go for just um, remote jobs. You can, you can also apply for hybrid roles. Who knows? Maybe the company is offering relocation. Yet sometimes they specifically, if a company specifically states they are not hiring, they can't sponsor visa. Please don't apply. I mean, what's the point? <laughs> don't give yourself the heartbreak. You know, um, but if they don't write it clearly, then you can shoot your shot. Maybe they are open to relocating the right candidates, right? But don't say because you don't want them to discriminate against you. I mean, imagine it's, it. I feel like it's going to again come back uh, and bite you in the thing because you don't want to work in an environment that is hostile to people like you. So why would you want to trick people into hiring you only to be frustrated because you did get the job or everyone's looking down on you or they are behaving one kind towards you? Right? Save yourself the stress, essentially, is why I would say don't remove your location. But hey, um, if you feel like it, then that's fine. Um, so if you Google um, ATS resume scanners, you will find a good list of softwares that can help you um find keywords and um yeah if you do that you will find them i'm not asking a person straight because you know i agree the rules that leslie said leslie said two questions i asked three so i'm going to do like you did and give you some answer yes please you've answered clearly the last I, point i didn't hear i the last the, point there's the software yes if you google um resume scanners you'll see softwares okay all right so uh next person clinton our pressures i'll come to you i think you're the last person that will be taking on clinton your question hi good evening everyone can you hear me yes we can good evening all right uh, so i just wanted to ask um is it is it okay that um like uh Let's say I'm a designer and I'm also and I also uh, delve into animation and video um, editing. You know, so is is it is is it okay for 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 one to have different CVs for these different um these different uh, uh, JDs, even though um both both uh, both uh, portfolios like are being used on 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 one job. You know, so but is it okay that one separates these two uh, portfolios? Yeah, I have a separate um, portfolio for, I have a separate CV for a UX research position and a separate CV for UX design position, I said for a product design position, right? Um, it's just that if there there are jobs, I have seen job descriptions that request for having, you know, like a, it's a plus if you have animation skills, right? Um, for product design positions and you can feel free to use the same CV in that instance because you're showcasing that you have that thing that people are looking for, right? But ideally you should separate um, your roles and apply to the company. So, I mean, that also gives you more options. If you want to work as an animator, you have a CV of an animator and you can apply to a firm that is looking for someone in that role, but they won't be looking for an animator and you're sending a product designer CV. They're not going to work now. So yeah. <laughs> okay. So, so this this very last question. Now, okay. I, I I don't know. I'm I'm torn in between. You you know the design space is quite vast, and there are a lot of uh, careers you can take out of the design space. But now, is it actually 
compulsory that uh, one gets to, you know, do all of these things, like just just so one can um, get these gigs, you know, and all. Is it is it is it compulsory that one has to delve into all of this, like uh, being a visual designer, being a brand designer, being a UX designer, being a product packaging designer? Is 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 it compulsory for one to have to get all of these things hands on for one to actually get some really good paying gigs? Only if it is relevant to the role, and I don't, I don't, I mean, I'm a strong believer in if you, if you niche and, so the thing with niche is you become an expert in that field. The thing with being across everywhere is that you have a bit of knowledge, you know, here and here and everything, but compared to somebody who has deep expertise, you will always fall short, right? So I would say you follow your passion or follow the money if you say that product designers pay more than um animators and it is the money that is your motivation please focus on product design if it is your passion to do animation then focus on animation but i wouldn't say i don't think it's to your advantage if you're trying to do everything because you're trying to get a rule because in the end and eventually again the job descriptions give you an insight into what companies are looking for it makes sense or it is a plus if you're a product designer with an animation skill and the company is looking for that or they say that you know what is nice to have motion design or animation that puts you above every other person that has done just static and product design right in that um instant it makes sense but ideally you should have something that you're very good at and everything else should be like um the cherry on top that can push you forward depending on the role that you're applying for Okay, so thank you very much, Clinton. Last but not the least, Precious. Uh, Hello. Thank you for this question. Uh, the question I wanted to ask was, uh, like, is CV some kind of like, um, let's say, kind of like game to to move through from the high, does the higher manager, the HR, um, seeing that this person is uh is very good for this job and then oh yeah this person just passed some set of keywords and yeah yeah yes this person is supposed to be granted an interview and okay. the second question i wanted to ask was uh, what are the some some of the ways to like go about applying for jobs like how do you go to like um applying like to a referee or because like for linkedin for instance you see some jobs application like someone just like put out put out a job and like you are seeing like 200 applications 200 applicants that kind of thing like it's somewhere when you see those kind of things like it's very hard for you to stand out because one what's the chance that you apply and then they reach back to you or uh, you scale through like it's just like you, like it's very hard for you to know where you are where you are that kind of application okay um the first question is the cv thing again it is not so like i said um depend the reason why there's keyword uses is because the number of applicants are a lot and you need to find a way to um filter out people because like it or not like again you know like you want to apply for a user research position and you're using a product designer CV. It's not relevant. 
It really isn't. So there are people who are just blindly applying to everything in the hope that something will happen. You get, and so you you want to filter that out and focus on the people that are actually that actually have the experience that you're looking for. Some people are not in the same industry, and you're very specific for your in your need for that role that you really need somebody to have an um, experience in this industry. And so anybody else that does not, thank you so much. Your work is amazing, but we need this kind of person. Right, so that's the essence of having filters to screen out relevant information. Now, I said something again that because just because that is why people are using um, keywords, and there might be companies who do not use the keyword at all who go through your resume. So it depends really on the number of application that they receive, right? And so even if you get past the keywording thing where okay you put enough keywords and then they can take a look at your resume a human being is reviewing it as a human being you can tell when somebody does not have substance and when somebody does so even if you pass the keywords it might be keyword everywhere if it's still if the kind of work the person put in your cv still does not match what you're looking for you will not still invite the person for an interview so the keyword does not guarantee the interview right so it's not, it's the end goal of using keyword is not, it's not really just, again, your CV is supposed to get you an interview. So the way you word your accomplishments or your descriptions should match what the company says they are looking for in their job description. But be sure that it is something you've done and you are not lying and doing things from the beginning. Because if you do get to an interview and they're asking, it'd be an embarrassing something, you know? Because, I mean, we know questions to ask. To be able to know, to be able to uncover information that we are looking for, we're designers. We do some bit of research in our work. Um, so the keywording, and and then again, uh, for the most part, again because of the the economy, there is there are more people applying to the same role. So that automatically increases the number of um, competitions or competitors that you're going against or people who are applying. And then there's only one position they are trying to fill. So. Um, so don't, again, I've said this before, but don't take rejections personally in this phase. Um, maybe when this phase passes, then we can start thinking of whether or not it should pay you. Um, then the other thing about plenty of people applying to a role is that, um, so I've, I've, I've heard, or I've read a couple posts on LinkedIn anyway, about people saying that even if you see 500 people applying for a role, please apply. Because again, there's this keywording thing all right and then secondly there is the fact that there are people who are just applying for rules they don't want to see let me know let me yeah my brother's more my brother was applying for work so much that he was getting rejections in german <laughs> french <laughs> <laughs> do you get how he be getting rejection in french you know we have to be popping the response <laughs> so that we know oh this is rejection at some point not to the point where this message is too short and there's no link we know it's rejection so we can't we don't need to understand the language again at <laughs> <laughs> so there's a chance that the people are even um sending you application they are not <laughs> they are not relevant to the room so don't be put off by the number of applicants um that is applied maybe half of themselves are not relevant the other half is in countries that they are not hiring for and then the other half are people that do you get to apply yeah. is what i'm going to say leslie are you sharing this recording i'm like no 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 i beat me
Well, okay. So I think um, at this point, we'll come to the end of the session. Thank you all for joining us for this session. And I hope that you've been able to take away one or two things that you could use to boost and maximize your applications for your next role. Um, Evie, do you have any other thing you would like to say? I just, no, I, I really just strongly feel like I should tell people to not be lying on their CV. <laughs> because this keyword thing is causing problems. It's like, ah, we found the keywords. Then let's spin, let's spin stories around. It, it's really very obvious. Maybe we do another series on, you know, um, interviewing, but that's that's another that's another gist. That's another gist. Yeah. Okay, I, I mean, you wrote a book recently on uh, on uh, how to land a job. Could, could you talk more a bit about that? Right, right. I did. So I I wrote a mini guide on how exactly to tailor your um, CV to job descriptions. Um, also talking about some of the reasons why you may not be getting called back for the interview. And I have this entire session where there are 20 plus websites where you can find and apply for remote jobs. So you're welcome. Awesome. Okay, so um, I think after the session, we'll be sharing, we'll be sharing the links to to how, how much is the book again 3k 3k all right good we're not getting any discounts are we i mean you can talk to me you know <laughs> okay, we'll, we'll definitely work out something we'll definitely work out something all right so thank you thank you all for attending this session with us and um do have a lovely weekend ahead bye bye everybody so I think it's safe. Hello, 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 hello. 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 hello.